Welcome to podcast number 71. Although we've had a slightly quieter week since I spoke to you last, I've had quite a few late evenings where I've left work late, been working into the evening, doing odds and ends, like today. Um, I've come back from Glen Valley. We were 4.30 in there. So I got home, well, just before 7. And then I've been doing phone calls, trying to get hold of a minister, speaking to chapel stewards, that sort of thing. And it did remind me how things changed from when I first started um, with newspapers. Quite often, most evenings, we'd be on the telephone because you would be on funerals during the day or out seeing families arranging funerals. And then you get home and then you had the time when it was a bit quieter, you could ring the Western Morning News to get the announcement in for the following day. Now, when I started, they would be there until eight o'clock in the evening. So you'd have a quick tea and then you'd get on the phone. And sometimes we'd have four or five announcements to ring through. So you'd be on the phone for a half hour and you would read it over. They would type it as they was going. Then they'd read it back to me. They obviously have to check the spellings and everything like that. And then it would be in the paper the next day. Um, as years went on, they cut it back that if you rung before six o'clock, it would be in the paper the next day. And then with computers coming in, you would then have to email. So you'd send the email, it'd be in the paper. It might have been half past four or five o'clock. I can't remember then. But now the last few years have changed again because now we have to actually set it up ourselves. So you go in on the website and you set up the announcement, type it out, lay it out, and then send it to them. And then it's in the paper the next day. And being on the phone tonight, making these phone calls, it just took me back to the when I think about the hours that I used to spend on that phone most evenings ringing the newspapers and we became quite good friends actually with the receptionists there because you'd be speaking to them every day and um, they'd recognize your voice and you'd always have a nice little chat before you did the message and of course that's that's all changed now and even with announcements um We've noticed newspaper announcements are, they're really dwindling out. Um, years ago, obviously, every announcement would be in the Western Morning News or the Cornish Guardian. That was our two for our area sort of thing. Um, but a lot of people now, they'll just put it on our website and our Facebook page. And, um, it's, you know, totally changed, totally changed. So that, that did take me back a bit today. But, um, I finished work late yesterday. I think it was about 20 past six I finished. And then I whipped down to there was a new club starting in town. And I'll do more about it hopefully next week. Um, our Bray Charitable Fund have given a little donation for it. And it's the Weybridge and District Horizon Club. So what I'll do, um, as I've said before, with our charitable fund, we can either do it anonymously or if the people, the organisation thinks that the publicity might bring in a bit more, you know, support, then we will put something on our social media and our website. 
So we'll get that sorted and hopefully that'll be on next week. Um, following on from the photo that we put on uh, that Phil did of the bridge with the tide in with the reflection, about the same time we had another fantastic photo come in um, from Jane White and she sent it to us. She said, I was out the other evening, the tide was in, the reflection, and it's actually the other side of the river looking over to our chapel of rest. And perhaps people who don't live locally don't know, but um, you can Google us because we actually bought years ago the old Methodist church and we've kind of got these lights on the wall and it was looking fantastic. So this is now Thursday I'm recording this. So I'll put the picture on our Facebook page, hopefully this evening. So if you want to have a look at that, it is a fantastic photo. And I said to Jane, we really appreciated her sending it to us. Um, fantastic. So this week and next week, um, my interview is with an old workmate of mine. He came to work back when we was really small. It was just me and father and mother there coming over a bit to mind the office. I can't remember if Maureen was on with us then or no when Jack started. I can't remember which one started first. But um, I say this week and next week is Jack Andrew. And Jack, I think he was born 1928. I know, I'm sure he's 95 now and he'll be 96 later this year. But fantastic memory. A Nampian boy, born and bred. And then he did for a few years come and live over Wade Bridge and then went back to Norstall again. But he got some lovely memories. So I think we'll head over now to me chat with Jack, and then I'll speak to you again directly to round things off with me Cornish dialect and me Cornish word of the week. So here goes. Get on, Jack. How we knackered? Oh, I'm all right, Jack. It's going on pretty good with all the gang and that. And uh, we, I'm looking forward to making... Things up, you know, talking about things that we've done together, and uh, yes, it should work out all right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, so you was born in Nampian? I was born in Nampian, yeah. in Victoria Terrace, right, number four. Yeah. And I was the third of ten. Was he really? Yeah. We was five boys and five girls. Yeah. And uh, I went to school in Nampion Primary School. Yeah. And Mr. Parnell was the headmaster then. I see. And uh, a lady called Mrs. Creeber taught me. Then it grew. I went, went from one class to another. And uh, then I went up to our class and we had our little garden plots and things oh, like yeah. that. We used to do gardening and... Things like that, and um, Mr. Parnell was was a gentleman. He he was a he was a master, but he was a, he was a master. Yeah. So, uh, how many classes was in your school then? Uh, there was Mr. Parnell, Mr. Rundle, Mr. Arthur, Mrs. Briso, Mrs. Creva, and Mrs. Carolyn. Cool, quite a school. There, there's, there's about seven, I should say. Get away. All together, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a good primary school. Yeah. You know. And, it it uh, must have been nice going with your brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah, we all being. went together and uh, 
they fall from go because he spooks on fit he throw down his others. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did one of these things that we was a big family. Yeah. But we all knocked in and yeah. done things. Yeah. What so, was mother and father called then? Mother was called Lottie. Yeah. L O double T I E. Yeah. And father was called Thomas George. Right. That was his and his father and mother or his own he lived out what they call Alu, the top right. of Endra Pit. Oh right. That was a clay pit. Yeah. And he lived there well all his life till he got married and because yeah. he, he never went in the forces, but yeah. he was a footballer, a cricketer, yeah. he'd done all the sport things, and uh, yeah, he was quite a character really, the father, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he liked his... <laughs> liked to drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like everybody did then, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, but other than that, um, at my own life was good. Yeah. And um, we used to go at our granny's out on the yeah. end of forum or end of Kaipet and uh, have a Sunday lunch and there would be twelve of us sitting around the Come kitchen on. table. Yeah. Scrub white, no tablecloth. No. Scrub white. Yeah. And uh, she was a dear old lady. Her pinafore was a old flower bag wash and oh, yeah. made up as a penny. I get it. And she uh that was her, you know, they used to, I won't say skim and say it, but they used to look after her ponies. Yeah. And, uh, because my grandpa, I can't remember, but he was in the Boer War, my grandpa was. Yeah, that's father's father. Yeah. And old Billy Andrew. He was in the Boer War, and uh, his jacket that he wore, in when he was in the Boer War, is in Bobman Museum, is in it? the Army Museum. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, he was handed down to one of the kids, I, I think it was my brother, really, and he, he handed over to his daughter, Paula, and they they more or less loaded into Bobman yeah. Museum. Yeah. And uh, anybody want to see him, he's, he's in there. In there, yeah. yeah. Because I've never seen him. No. You know, no. but um, I perhaps I will one day go in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you reel off all your brothers and sisters in ages then? Or yeah. No? Ruby was the oldest, the girl. Yeah. And then Arthur, well, Ruby was, I, I think Ruby was just Ruby. Right. And then there's Arthur, William, Richard, Andrew. That was my brother. Get away. And they called E. Cut. That was the one that played football. Ah, yeah. He played for Cornwall. He was good, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, uh, and then there was Jack. That's the only name they had left for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was that. And then uh, Pearl. Yeah. That's Pearl. Uh, and then uh, there's... I read them up. Ruby, Arthur, Jack, Pearl, Colin... Rita, Frank, uh, Georgie, and Jana. There were ten of us. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And how many's left now then? There's only three of us left. Really? Yeah. Uh, girl and uh, two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember meeting your sister and seeing her 
because she was involved with Korean travel, wasn't she? That's the right, yeah. Is, is that yeah. Right? Korean, yes. Korean, Ka- tours. Korean, Korean yeah, tours. Korean tours. Yeah, Korean tours. Yeah. Because she used to drive. Yeah. Reed yeah. used to drive Korean tours buses. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and Frank drove uh, the school bus for right up to his 81, I think. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, we was quite a active family, like, you know. Yeah. And uh, we all went chapel and all right. and that every Sunday. I sat with my grandpa and he would give me a sweet to keep me quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just quite interesting, really. And, uh, I mean, my grandpa, Sleeman, that's the one that had the little smalls in. Yeah. That was always at Nampion School. All right, yeah. In the cross there, they had a small thing, and my uncle Fred was a torture, as I would call it. He took his stuff, you know. And, but my grandpa, it, say if he cut hay on a Friday into his rain Saturday, he, would, he wouldn't swear, he would just say, Oh, that's my bad luck. Oh, and he would wait, and if there's lovely weather Sunday, he still wouldn't go up in that hay field. Wouldn't he? Fred yeah. said, Father, if you don't care today, it's going to rain again tomorrow. Yeah. I can have it. Boy, I'm not carrying out on a Sunday. On a Sunday. And he wouldn't. No. And he never did. No. No. I'm not afraid. So, one horse. Yeah. Two, about two cows. Three or four pigs. And some chickens. Yeah. And that was her little stall. Yeah. And my grandpa worked in the clay work up the back. Oh, yeah. Colloidal, it was called colloidal, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, filling bags of clay and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So was you in that school? Was Did you go any other schools or that was your whole school? That was my whole school, it yeah. It was. I yeah. didn't go. But, um, uh, wait a minute. I suppose when the Brownell School opened, yeah. they went in there, but I was too... Gone too, too far for that, or yeah. too old for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I only ever went to Nampian yeah. School. That was my main school. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, Mr. Farnell was one of the nicest men you could ever. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a cane tamer to mine. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was up my hand and I pumped the white tamer to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But we had a little garden patch up up top of the field, and yeah. we used to do a bit of gardening and uh, plant lettuce and radishes and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Was there many shops or anything in Round Nampian at that time? No, no. I I real off the shops in two minutes. I can have another cigarette. Yeah, that's fine. I tell you what, you'll never speak if you want one. No, I'm fine, sure. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, up top of Nampi, Korean Road then, yeah. we start up there. Yeah, brilliant. Billy Morecambe. Right. Shop. As a, he was green grocer's like, you know. I see. Come down the road a bit, there was Stan Phillips. Yeah. And then the chapel. Right, yeah. Uh, then a little way down the road was the Kellens. They had the paper shop. I see. And uh, they sold pretty well everything, really. Mm. And then uh, in the uh, in the little square place, they, there was Tarts Fish Shop. 
fish and chip shop. Yeah. Um, various people tried fish and chips there, but none of the tarts was the only one that really worked. Yeah, yeah. And he was, he had the best name for fish and chips around. Did he, yeah. Yeah, tarts, fish and chips. Yeah. Uh, and then um, going down, further down the road, uh, there was Edward Crawls. He sold boots hanging up. And they were still hanging up when he died. Oh, were they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then down on the corner there was the co-op, and then the corner shop. Yeah. And then you went over towards Foxhole on St George's Road. There was uh, Kellen's had a shop there, uh, besides the one at Lampion. Yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Kent. She had a shop there, yeah. uh, so you know there was well there was about ten shops all together yeah, I think. Good, yeah. But um, two or none there now. No, no, all changed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so what age did you leave school then? Fourteen. Right. Yeah, and then I I was still helping tart out, you know, I used to tear up the news because fish and chips was wrapped in newspaper then. Yeah, they were. And I think people enjoyed it more then. Yeah. I don't know, they might have. Yeah. But um, uh, that was that and uh, we went on and on and I used to go down to Sugar, down the institute play Sugar. Oh, yeah. And there was an old chap where that he and his wife was the caretakers of the institute. And he said to me one day, he said, do you want a job? I said, oh, I'll be tart. He said, a proper job. So I said, oh, yeah. So he got me in the dirty power station. All right. So I worked in dirty power station. I, I See, I've, I've got the dead set. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but I worked in the dirty power station, and I worked my way up. I was... I worked on the turbines, I worked on a relief gang, fitting, and yeah. uh, I even worked as a assistant stoker on the boilers, like, you know. Yeah. So I done, I'm pretty well done the most of it in the power yeah. station. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I was a relief man, and I'd done all sorts. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but. So where did he work after that then? What was your... Uh, was wait a I was working in the, like, in the power station and that, and I thought, just time I got outside and mm. so I saw, mm. I saw Mark Northam and I said, uh, what about a job? He said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I, I've just passed my test. I, I passed my test with a local butcher up on an old Trojan van. All right. That's yeah. going back yeah. years, you see. And uh, he said, oh, he said, well, give, give, me, give the boy a job. And the first job I had was going up, dagging him, fetch, oh, fetch a 10 underweight band down, a brand new one. Get away. And from there on, I... I worked for Western X. Western, yeah. Right up, right up to. I didn't. Well, I didn't work for anybody else. No. No. Baron R. J. Bray. 
yeah. <laughs> we'll get onto that track rate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so what was your main job with Western Accent? Driving or Oh driving, yeah, yeah I was I drove I drove various machines and I went up to Sambats up the Fodens. Yeah. Several times to bring them new Foden trucks and that. But my main job was uh, I had a transit truck. I used to go around the country picking up spares and that. Oh yeah. For the old machines and that. Yeah. And I'd done that for quite a quite a long time. Yeah. And uh, but the funniest one of all, I don't know. I fucking heard of. Did you hear of the Four Acres out in Dennis? No, no. Well, for, there was a doctor out there called Doctor Crabtree. Right. And Dr. Crabtree took these two people, or this family, in, took them in and kept giving them living accommodation. And Mike Foraker's was a foreman back in charge of some of my work. Right. So I was up in Liverpool one day collecting some spares for a low loader. It was something to do with the wheels or something. And a bloke came out, he said, uh, are you Jack? I said, yeah. He said, you're on the, on the phone. Oh, I thought, that's good enough. Yeah. So I go to him on the phone, and this is Mike Ockham. <coughs> Seriously. He still lives out um, sicker, yeah. Mike do. He married a girl from St. Dennis. But anyway, he, uh, he said, Jack, I'm free nip across to Lincoln. Right. And this is a Saturday, see? Oh, no. So I said, nip across. I said, Mike, nip across? I said, do you know how far that is? <laughs> oh, he said, we might, it's urgent. So I said, all right, I've, I've done it. Yeah. And I brought the wheel back. But the funniest thing was, I got in Rustin Bataris in Lincoln to pick up this sprocket. This is sprocket about, oh, I don't know, a couple of couple of feet in diameter, but quite heavy. Yeah. And I saw it every, every time and on the screen. Yeah. So I said, oh, I said, that's my wheel there. And he said, uh, we'll get somebody to load that one for you. I said, we load that one two minutes on my way. Yeah. Everybody there, don't strike, boy, if you do that. Oh, no. So we learned that. So uh, <laughs> I had to wait till they was ready and... They loaded the sprocket on the truck and I come home and I said to Mike Ockham, never asked me to do a nip across again. <laughs> oh, never. You know, it was, I suppose at the time, just dead funny, really. Mm. Yeah, but I'd, I'd done some various jobs that really, you know, was uh, <laughs> hard going, really, some of it. Yeah. Mm. I, I used to go away sometimes on a Thursday and not get back till the Sunday, oh, you know. Yeah. And Sheila was bringing up the two kids then. Yeah. She, she more or less brought the help on her own. Yeah. Yeah, but I was getting help with the money boys. Yeah. So that was the... My money was good. Um, I think the first pay packet I had with um, Western X, now, um, power station yeah. was £16 for a week. Well, I went in Ampion Post Office and Ken and Sally was running them at then. Right. Back then. Ken was driving through a uh, brewery, a yeah. uh, little truck, 
and Sally was running the post office. So I goes in there, and I was talking to Sally, because I knew her quite well, because I used to do some odd jobs for her, her dad. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, Sally, you all right? And I, yeah, she, she loved the girl she was. But anyway, um, in walks a bloke that lives up top of Korean Road. So I'm there talking. Sally said, don't go for a minute. She said, I've got a few things I want to say to you, Jack. Mm. So she serves this bloke. He had 146 quid. Right. Never done a day's work in his life. No. So, so I said to Sally, I said, how the hell do you get so much money like that? And I got to work for mine. She said, if you did again, accept for another lot. Yeah. 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 So well, I had some good times in Dampion and we used to have a Sunday school treat, you know, with uh, um, Mrs. Cundy's little stall with her toffee apples and yeah. cho chocolate and stuff. And, uh, yeah, just, just good days, really. Well, I think we'll stop it there for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. Dear old Jack. I put him on the spot a bit there because I said, right, name all your siblings. And I listened back afterwards and I think, including Jack, he only got to nine. So I think there's one missing. So I'm going to have to have a word with Jack. We'll go through it again another time. But I th obviously there's one missing there. But I thought for me Cornish word of the week, I thought I'd actually do the meaning of Nampian. Now, Nampian is the little village there that Jack grew up in. And it actually comes from the Cornish... Nanspian, Nanspian, which is Cornish for Little Valley. So that'll be me word for the week. And for me Cornish dialect of the week, I'm going back to one that John Benalek told me at the time. And that's the Cornish dialect for the waste heap of the China clay. So the China clay tip. And of course, Jack grew up there in clay country, all around Nanspian, St. Dennis. And so this is the Cornish dialect for the waste heap of the China clay. And that is Clayborough, Clayborough. And that's the Cornish dialect for that. So I thought that's what I do this week to all tie in, really. Right. Well, I'm going to leave you now. And um, I hope you have a good week. And I'll speak to you again next week. So wish you well. Do Gannis. Kernobus Svekan.